So we're in our third week of our series called Calibration, Aligning Our Hearts with God. And uh, in week one, Josh Locke gave an overview of, of why we need to calibrate our lives. And then last week, Pastor Ed gave a great message on who do we calibrate to. It's, it's, it's Jesus. And he, he gave an analogy with Taylor Swift as his example. Um, who would have thought? Taylor Swift in church. Um, great message. And this week, we're going to be talking about calibrating ourselves and evaluating ourselves. So, you know, as we started this series, I was wondering how... Josh Locke came up with it, and I'm wondering, how do we make distinct messages about calibrating? And as we've gone through, I, I realized, is that me, Pete? Am I doing something wrong? No, I am. Okay. Um, good. So, I mean, so <laughs> we realized that, A, we need to recognize the importance that we need to be calibrated. Number two, we need to know who we're calibrating to, Jesus. We need to evaluate our lives to see if we're on the mark and on track. And then next week, Pastor Greg is going to bring a message, what do we do with it, and, and where do we go from there? So, I just turned 60, and I know I look like I'm 20, but, you know. but I had a really hard time with 60. 40 didn't bug me, 50 a little, but 60 is just this barrier in my mind, and I'm with you guys now, so I can say, it was the old people. But I really had a hard time with, with 60. Um, and I recently had a conversation with a friend. We were out to, to lunch. And I told him, I said, you know, I real, these, these young kids that are 20-something and they plan their lives and they, they figure out what they want to do and they pray about it, they incorporate Jesus and they go off and they do it. I really admire them because I fell into my life as I went through. I, I really wasn't intentional. But I realized that our, our lives are linear. You're born... And you go one direction, and you die. There's no do-overs. You, you just get to adjust along the way, right? An author and lecturer, John Maxwell, said at one time, he said, you know, we all know history repeats itself. And he said, the only history worth repeating is history that's been evaluated. Repeating history just for the sake of repeating it doesn't make any sense. So I asked our small group last week, I said, how do you guys know when you're out of calibration? And these are some of the responses I got. Said, I'm anxious. I'm short-tempered. I don't have peace. I don't have grace towards other people. I'm critical of other people. I feel scattered. I don't feel like I have direction, and I find that I isolate myself. And when Josh started this series, he said, you know, words of calibration are words of action, which means that if we're going to calibrate, there's some work for us to do. I heard the advice one time that, your destination is determined by the direction of your life, not by your intentions. You know, we all have good intentions in life. We all have good intentions in our Christian walk, but our destination is determined by the direction that we're going in, not by our intentions. And as a follower of Jesus, he has a destination and a life for each one of us here, right? And we have to calibrate to know if we're on the right path. And as I've grown in my walk with Jesus, I've realized that there are times when I was just too preoccupied in living to see where he was working in my life. As I've gone through, there are periods of time when it's like, am I responding to you or am I just charting my own path? Am I just going in my own direction and expecting you to just bless what I've done and, or am I really stopping to listen to your guidance? And all of it involves continuously calibrating and leaning into Jesus. 
So this morning, I, I want to have a little fun with you guys, okay? Want to have some fun? So I, I play the keyboard, but my, my favorite instrument really is the guitar. Now I've had, my wife bought me this guitar, I don't know, 12, 15 years ago. And it sits in our living room on a, proudly on a stand. And every time I walk by it, it goes, learn me, learn me. <laughs> I don't know how to play. I know five chords, okay? I know five chords, and this is my debut at Shiloh, playing the guitar, okay? But, but, but you're part of this. So do you guys, um, do you know this song, God is So Good? Because God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. You're so good to me. You know that, right? Well, now you do. So we're going to sing it together, okay? You're going to go slow. Give me grace. I'm not good. Ready? One, two, one, two, three, four. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. You're so good to me. I'll be honest. This section sounds way better when I sit back there. That was awful. That, you guys, actually, it's not you. It's me. I forgot to tune. I, I, I forget. You noticed? <laughs> so I, I, I forgot to tune. I got to hang on. Now, one thing about this guitar, you guys, that I realized in preparing for this debut um, is that the guitar is a lot like our life. Long direction. In that... This guitar, each string in this guitar represents a role that you have in life. You have a role as a dad. You have a role as a mom, a role as a grandpa, a grandma, a son, a daughter, an employer, a manager, a student, an employee, a friend, a neighbor, a volunteer. You have a role in your life, and each one of your roles, God has a plan for you in that role, something that as you step into life, you're going you're gonna to live. And when we start out in life, we, we just sound like that. But as, as we start to walk our walk, we start to have pressure applied in different areas we start to make a little music in the role that we're in. <laughs> you young ones won't get that one. <laughs> All right. But as we start to do that and as we start to go through life, pressure gets applied in life and we respond to that pressure. As you'll see Christopher up here, the pro, um, Chris is always applying pressure to different strings in his life, and they start to sing. And as you do that in your life, people start to, to notice. They start to see that you're making music in your life. And, and there are times that you'll see Christopher, he'll, he'll put his finger, it's called a bar chord, he'll put his finger across all the strings, and then a couple on top, which hurts. But there are times in life that life's like that. There's pressure in every role of your life, and some a little more, right? But each string is tuned a little bit differently. Each string is calibrated a little differently 
And you guys, we need to tune and we need to calibrate to make music. And as you pound on this and as Chris plays and does this and as Nate plays on the violin, you'll see them every so often stop and they look at their tuner on the ground and they tune because as pressure is applied, the strings fall out of tune. As they warm up, as they're beaten, as, as they just get worked, they, they go out of tune. And Chris has to bring them up and tune them again and calibrate. 2 Corinthians 13.5 says this, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Right? Okay, so I tuned. We're going to try this again. Right? You guys ready? Okay, I'm so excited. Ready? One, two, one, two, three, four. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. Ed, you sound great. But the rest of you, it's not you, is it? You know I forgot about the darn middle strings. These, these middle strings, I didn't tune them. But you know what? Um, I'll come back to that. The, the thing about it, you guys, is the, the bottom string and the top string, they're, they're just like life. You know, we'll, we'll tune those areas of our life that other people are going to see. That bottom string is the root of the chord. It's the one that you hear. And the top string out there is going, and you hear those two strings the most. The middle are just fillers. So we'll go through and we'll tune the ones that people see. We'll go to church, we'll go to small group, the ones that we do. But it's the middle strings, guys. It's the middle strings that get us, the ones that people don't see. So I'm going to be transparent. I'm going to share with you. As Josh gave out those notebooks and as I prayed about this sermon, God hit me in two areas about my middle strings of life. The first one, he gave me Romans 12, 2. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And what God said to me was, Steve, you know that dialogue that you do in your head? You know that when you meet somebody and you get a little critical of them, or you start judging them? Or, you know, have you, maybe it's just me. You know when you have a conversation that doesn't go like you want it to and you re- replay it in your head, how, what I would have said? And, and you'll keep going with that. Even That never happened, but I do it anyway. I still can complete that whole conversation. And he goes, I want you to take those and I want you to take every captive, every thought captive and cut it. I want you to calibrate to my standard of what your thought life is supposed to be. But, ouch. Okay. Next one. He got me on my language at work. So I, I work at work with a bunch of installers. They're construction-related guys. They're rough around the edges, and they have really colorful language. And every so often, it's super easy for me to slip right in, and I'll, and I'll let a cuss word fly, right? And God said to me, he says, Ephesians 4.29, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. In Ephesians 5, 3, it says, But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place. 
but rather thanksgiving. <sighs> so I said, but God, sometimes it makes me more relatable to them, you know, when I'm like around them. And he goes, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It muddies the water. You think that they can hear that chord of me ringing through your life? It muddies the water. They don't know. Where are you? Stop it. Calibrate to my standard. You see, when your middle strings are off, people know it. Have you ever met a person that you look at and you go, super nice, but your spirit says something's off in the middle strings because you can't see it, but it's there and it rings true. When I'm out of tune, you guys could hear the middle strings are off, right? Don't kid yourself. People can see it. You see, we have to be intentional when we take time to calibrate. If we leave ourselves uncalibrated and unmonitored, you're going to calibrate yourself to the world's standards. Give you an example. I've seen social media posts from people in church that I know that I see them just blast somebody, and, and, and I go, wow, wow. That's, that's not them, middle string. You'll see that you might type an email to somebody of something that you would never say to them in their face. You might gossip about them, something you would never say to their face. And Jesus says, that's not my standard. It's the world standard. By the world standards, you're perfectly legit to blast anybody and rip them apart. But by my standard, you're not. I want you to calibrate up to my standard and stop it. You see, the tuner that is on there, that's the reference point. As you get busy in life, that tuner can read through the guitar, through the body of the guitar, and it can tell you how far off you are. In the real world, when we're under pressure, when you're going through life, being a mom, dad, son, manager, whatever, life squeezes you, and it can be so noisy in the midst of all that noise, I can still tune because it's going through my body of my guitar. God's word goes through my spirit. And even though I got all that going on, it might be a bar chord in my life, I can still tune to Jesus. How important is his word in our lives, right? Through all the noise. So I love to see how Jesus calibrated. You remember the story of Martha and Mary? When they're together, Jesus came for dinner and Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet, just look, listening to all of his words. And Martha's there making dinner, setting the table, doing all this stuff. And Martha goes to Jesus and she says, Jesus, aren't you bothered that Mary's not doing anything? And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, if I can put it in, put, I'm not going to put words in his mouth, but he says, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. In other words, Martha, come on, sweetheart. There's one thing important, and it's, and it's me. Calibrate. Look at me. When the rich young ruler came to Jesus, and he said, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, you've got to keep the commandments. You know, honor your father and mother, don't commit murder, don't steal. And he goes, I do, I do all those. Jesus says, okay. He says, one thing you lack. Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then... Come follow me. Calibrate. And he says, I can't. I can't. When the disciples were in the boat and the storm came up and they're just wigging out, they, they just freak out. The storm is coming and they got, they got the creator of the world in the boat. And they're just like, man. And they wake Jesus up and he calibrate. Where's your faith? You took your eyes off of your faith. You took your eyes off of me. 
And then Peter walking on the water. He sees Jesus. He gets out of the boat. He just starts walking on water. And when he looks down, he starts to sink. When he took his eyes off of Jesus, he started to sink. So I'm going to tell you a story that happened to me a couple weeks ago. There's a point to it, so bear with me. <clears throat> so I had an appointment out on the western side of the state in a small town that has um, cell security and fire alarm systems. So I was going to look at a fire alarm system at this little town. It has a town hall and a fire department attached to it. My appointment was at 8 o'clock. So I show up at 8 o'clock. There's two cars in the parking lot, and I go in, and the lady's sitting there at the town clerk office, and I said, hey, is John from the town here yet? And she said, no, not yet. I said, okay. So I'm going to go away to my truck. It's 8 o'clock. So I go sit in my truck. And it's 8.07, and I call John on his cell phone. and said, hey, John, this is Steve. Are we still on for today? And he said, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm running a few minutes late. I'll be there in a little bit. Okay. About a minute later, this truck rolls in. Guy stops, and he gets out. And he sees me, and he waves. So I get out of my truck, and I go, John? He goes, hey, what's happening? And I said, well, oh, good to meet you. I'm Steve. So I says, nice to meet you. And we start walking into town hall. And as we're walking in, I make my chit-chat, you know, and so, so how's things going for you? Oh, I just had a heart procedure. It's, I'm, I'm going through rehab. I said, oh, is everything okay? Yep, everything's good. So we walk to the counter, the lady I just saw. She hands him an envelope. He says, thank you. And he, and he starts walking down this hall. He opens the door and starts walking down the hall. So I'm thinking we're going to his office. We're going to talk about it. And then we'll get down to business, which I usually do. So as we're walking down the hall, I have my iPad. And on my iPad, I take my notes. I open up my program, and I'm walking, and I'm writing the date. I'm writing who my customer is and what we're talking about. And John turns and goes to the door into his office. And I turn, and I follow, and I bump into him. And he turns around, and we're about this far apart. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. And um, he says, you coming in too? And I said, yeah, I thought we were going into your office and to talk first. And then he goes, what office? And I said, oh, well, if you don't have an office, it's not a problem. We, we, we can go talk anywhere else. I just figured we were going to talk first, about, you know, talk about the fire alarm. And he goes, what fire alarm? Why would we talk about the fire alarm? And I said, oh, that's what I thought we were talking about. We don't have to talk about the fire alarm. We can talk about the security system. And he goes, why would I talk about the security system? And I said, you're John from the town, right? And he goes, no, I'm Robert. <laughs> Have you ever had one of those minutes where your, your, your brain is a little slow catching up? So my brain is back there, and my brain starts looking around going, there's a sink, there's a toilet, a wall, a wall, and a door. My brain said, Steve, you're in the bathroom with a stranger. <laughs> and I said, but John, you, when I asked you in the parking lot, I asked if you were John, and, and, and you said yes. And he goes, well, my hearing aids don't work very good. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to let you do your thing. I'm, I'm going to back out and, and whatever. So I walk outside and go out to my truck again, and who's pulling up? the truck with the town logo, and the guy gets out, and I said, John? He's all, yep. And I said, I'm Steve. And then Robert comes in and gives me the stink eye, and, and he's walking by. Now, I tell you that story for, for a reason. Um, you got to look up. You have to look up in life 
or you're going to end up where you don't want to be. <laughs> and what I mean by that is, you guys, one of the best things that we can do in our life, in our spiritual walk, is to stop, to look up, look around, and calibrate. Where does God have you in your life? What's going on? Where is he working in your life? What are the middle strings, the top strings? What is each one of your, each one of your roles? Calibrate. So right now, you know, maybe the Holy Spirit's nudging you, and he's going, you know what? You, you do have a middle string out of whack a little bit. And maybe it's the enemy telling you, you can't calibrate. You're so far gone. You're so screwed up. You're in deep in it. There's no way that you're going to calibrate. You know, one of the beauties of being a Christian, one of the beauties of following Jesus is he gets it. He gets it. There's mercy and there's grace and there's forgiveness. He understands sin. He came down to earth. He struggled with temptation. He understands all of it, and he's a forgiving God. He will meet you where you are. He understands that you're not perfect. And most of the time, you guys, when we do this, when we sit down, we calibrate, and we look at life, and we think something's off, and we want to calibrate up to Jesus' standard, for me, it's really going to be working on this. But it's not a button that you just press and you fix. You know when you're following your GPS and you're lost? A GPS lady or a guy in Greg's case doesn't say, you're lost, I've fixed it. No, the GPS turns you in a different direction to recalibrate to go around. It's not a once and done thing. My two things that God spoke to me, I got to work on. I got to continually calibrate it. It's not a once and fixed. I'm going to work on them. And so maybe today, I want to give you guys some time to, to think and to pray. And if you have your notebooks or your phone, here's my, here's my desire for you, that you would walk out of here today and God would speak to you one thing, just one. We got a six-string guitar, but I only want to work on one thing for now. So maybe you have one thing. And Chris, do you mind coming up to play? So I want to give you guys a minute to do that. But I go back to the story of Peter walking on the water. And then later on, Peter betrays Jesus, right? And after Jesus rises rises from the dead, there's a time when the disciples come in and he's making breakfast on the beach. And the disciples come over and they're having breakfast with him. And then they realize who he is. And I just think when Peter, realizing the shame that he had inside, when he went to Jesus and Jesus asked him this question, Peter, do you love me? I don't think Peter could look him in the eyes. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, yes I do, Lord. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? The most penetrating question. He goes, of course, Lord, you know that I do. And I imagine Jesus reaching down, grabbing Peter's chin and lifting it up eye to eye and saying, you know what, Peter? Feed my sheep and follow me. Calibrate to me. And that's what Jesus does with each one of us, calibrate. So I want to give you guys a minute to do this to just have a moment with God and listen to what he would say to you. We've talked about the reason for calibrating. We've talked about we're going to calibrate to Jesus. And now I want to say, Jesus, where do you want me to change direction? Where do you want me to calibrate up in my life to you? 
So let's just take a minute and do that. I used to think that the WWJD bracelets, remember those? So that's kind of silly. But I find myself now in my walk asking more and more as a calibration tool, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do in this situation? How would Jesus respond? And taking the time to just think and calibrate along the way every day. It's a step of calibration. The thing is, as Christians, we're to project a music and a sound that other people hear, that other people recognize and are in tune with. And when we're out of calibration, we muddy that water. So I want to do it right and end today by singing this song and giving God the glory with a well-tuned guitar and somebody who knows how to play. So can we sing it, Chris? So not than to stop and calibrate. He doesn't want us to do that. He doesn't want us to come up to your standard. He's going to speak lies. He's going to do whatever he can to keep us away from you, God. But today, Lord, we want to commit ourselves. We want to just say, Lord, I surrender. Because as Ed talked about last week, oh my gosh, the gift that we've been given from the creator of the world. He deserves our praise. He deserves our effort. He deserves our praise. So today, Lord, as we walk out here, would you give us one thing that we can join you in? You can guide us, you can direct us, you can calibrate us back to your standard, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you have something that you want to just leave here is on the altar, you want to draw a line in the sand today, I encourage you to come up to the prayer team. Share it with them. It's hard to share that stuff with them. 
but share it with them so that you've made a proclamation, so that you have something you can stand on. And they'll pray for you. They'll pray for you during the week. But being accountable, it's like the middle string. If we don't tell it, nobody knows. One of the secrets is telling it and sharing it with somebody. So thank you guys. Have a great day. I don't know who you're rooting for, but if you're a game person, may your team win. In your name we pray. Amen. Have a good day.